Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Luck. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. All right, everybody, welcome once again to another fantabulous episode of Dr. Homebrew. That's right, Dr. Homebrew is the brand new show, although I don't know if we can be calling ourselves brand new anymore. I think this is show number nine. It's that brand new soda called (laughs) Coca-Cola. Have you ever had it before? It's great. Dog years, that's like five or six years old already. See, I think we're pretty uh, we're pretty old. I don't know if we're, we're considered new anymore, but, uh, you know, why not? For the purposes of this conversation, we're a brand new show highlighting your beers. And who is you? You are a listener, and you homebrew beer. If you aren't both of those things, then something's very clearly wrong with our demographic, and we should really have a meeting and um, refocus that. Uh, I am your host, Jason J.P. Petros, and with me, as always, is the... Uh, Growing, a handsomely growing, the ever growing, more handsomer, um, uh, Lee Chase. No, not Lee. God, I do that all the time. <laughs> Lee Shepard. Yeah. Hi, Lee. Lee hey, Majors. How you doing? Lee Majors, everybody. Lee Majors. Not until I put on right another here. 40 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, of course, uh, Brian Cooper. Nothing, nothing about being handsome here? Nothing about being handsome, no. Okay. I'm just. You know, I get it, JP. I know. So we're doing this new it's live too much stream. JP. It's too much right voice. now. I, you know, I got. I had to do the live stream computer uh, going on, which is a whole new uh, thing. I had to get the the archive computer, which was off when I came into the shoot into the studio, and uh, just all this kind of stuff going on. And I'm just my brain is floating right now. <clears throat> of course, these beers haven't hurt. <clears throat> Anyway, um, welcome to Dr. Homebrew. Of course, it's brought to you by uh, the great people at Five Star Chemicals. You can get all of your cleaning needs met from fivestarchemicals.com. Everyone knows Five Star. They make uh, PBW and uh, Star San and um, Sandy Clean and all that kind of stuff that you need for your homebrew. It's not enough just to use one of those one-and-done cleaner slash sanitizers. You need to clean your equipment first then sanitize it, and then put beer in. I have a, a friend who has a uh, opening a nano brewery. And he's going to go up uh, in X state, in unnamed state, to, to help this kid. Because he's like, yeah, so what do you do for your cleaning regimen? Oh, I, I clean with a caustic, and then I flush it with water, and then I put my beer in there to ferment. No, that's not how it works. So you need to sanitize uh, in there, people. Uh, and Five Star can help you do that. So go to your local homebrew supply store. Look for Five Star Chemicals. If they don't have it, um, hesitate the urge to walk out and educate your homebrew supply owner about the, the virtues of Five Star Chemicals. And then go to fivestarchemicals.com to learn more. We have a brand new, a brand new, completely brand new uh, sponsor on Dr. Homebrew. Please welcome, uh, please uh, join me in welcoming Brew Toad. You guys ever heard of Brew Toad? Brew Toad, yeah. All right. Uh, I just heard about them at, uh, at NHC. There, it, it's an online um, brewing software. Uh, so you, there's nothing to, to download. There's nothing to install. It's just web based, and you go in there, you make an account. It's free, and it's incredible. You put all your recipes in there. They have little sliders that tell you exactly what the beer is going to be like. You you input your style. It's just like anything else you've ever used, but the interface is much more intuitive, and it's a lot easier to understand. I really enjoy it. So. Uh, it's it's the best way to create and share and discover homebrew recipes online. Head on over to brewtoad.com and sign yourself up. It's free and currently has over, now dig this, over 40,000 brewers logging an impressive recipe count of over 170,000 recipes. Wow. No wonder, no wonder I couldn't scroll down that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It's pretty cool, man. You, you, you just go on and you can either search for users. I'm under Jason J.P. Petros if you want to figure out the recipe that I have up there, which is my oatmeal stout. Um, so you can filter down through recipe types or styles if you're looking for something in particular or if your buddy's on there. Uh, you can search by brewers. They have a little tools calculator here, and uh, you can get in and, and do water adjustments and, and all that kind of fun stuff that you do in, 
in uh, in brewing softwares, but this is just it, it, it's a little more complete, a little more easier to use. Yeah, it's very easy and quick. You just go on, and you don't have to really even create an account. You just if you can sign in with your your Facebook's. Uh, that's true and you're in and you're just putting in a recipe your facebook credentials where are your credentials sir well they're on facebook but uh friend me and i'll send you my uh that's true you can you can sign in with facebook and uh and it it does make make life a little easier so uh go over the uh to brewtoad.com and uh and and check them out get an account like i said it's free and once you use brewtoad you'll never really uh use anything else plus all the recipes now this is kind of cool all the recipes that we have on the air uh, will be on Brewtoad.com. We are in the process of getting our very own Dr. Homebrew page on Brewtoad. Uh, so you'll be able to go to Dr. Homebrew, even go to uh, past episodes. Cool. And not only download the episodes from their site, they're, they're, they're do- really doing a good job for us, uh, but also get the recipes uh, in the Brewtoad format, plus score sheets. Oh, you can actually upload oh, cool. those? Yeah. So you're going to be able to do that now? Um, I, I, I can't do that right now, but uh, all, I mean, really, all I'm doing is emailing to the guys and going, "Hey, you want to put this up on the website?" Yeah. Uh, but it's it's pretty cool. So uh, you'll be able to just get the entire Doctor Homebrew experience, um, which is really, let's face it, everybody wants that. Our experience is is gr- is vast and great. Uh, we also have another brand new sponsor I want to introduce, um, Nico Brew. You go to NicoBrew.com. NicoBrew has is, is, uh, been a, a BN sponsor for a long time now. And uh, he's a nice guy, although he does wear a skirt, or a, he calls it a kilt, but it's really a skirt, let's be honest. Uh, but NicoBrew is your one-stop hop shop. You go to NicoBrew.com. He has everything you're looking for. He runs some pretty cool deals also. Um, so go over and, uh, and check NicoBrew out, and thank him for sponsoring Dr. Homebrew. Um, I like Nico. He's a good dude. All right, on to business, huh? I wonder if I've calmed down enough. I feel like my levels are off. I don't know why. Uh, so what is Dr. Homebrew? Well, the purpose is to provide an outlet for homebrewers to get feedback on their beers. What we like to call it is an interactive BJCP score sheet. You send me your beers. I send them to the people who actually know what they're talking about, which are uh, Brian and Lee. And uh, you get feedback on that. Of course, you come on the air and uh, you know answer some questions, and then you get a chance to ask questions of the guy, something you can't really do with a, just a general BJCP score sheet. Um, so the follow-up questions are, are, are you know worth its weight in postage, unless you're local, and then you can just walk in and, and brave the Martians uh, from downtown Martinez. I feel like I've talked too much. I don't want to talk anymore. That's a rhetorical question, right? Play a song. <laughs> Definitely a rhetorical answer. She's going to play a song. What do you think? I'm just, it's it's going to be songs from now on. Just music? Just We're going music. going to a, a music format? <laughs> okay. Smooth jazz. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll just drink the beer. We can mail the guys back their score sheets. Our station has flipped formats. That's right. <laughs> we're, we're, not, we're not easy listening. <laughs> we're easy. I was listening to Hall of Notes well, uh, there you go. previously. Uh, so what are the beers we have? Uh, we have a uh, Southern English Brown from Todd Kelly, and then we have a Flanders Red from uh, Dan, I believe the, the gentleman's name was. I apologize, Dan, if, if it's not you. Uh, you got a free plug. Um, so we're going to check those beers out after the jump here. Uh, when we come back, I think we're going to have Todd on the line to kind of run down his uh, Southern English Brown. It's Dr. Homebrew, everybody. Stay tuned. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Star treatment today. 
This Mosaic Pale Ale from Rebel Brewer is delicious. Yes, I enjoy it too. Wait, did you hear that? It sounds like a Velociraptor. Why would a Velociraptor be here? That doesn't make any sense. He's going for my beer. I'll stop him. Oh. It looks like our frightening friend just has a thing for Rebel Brewer Hoppy Beers. RebelBrewer.com has the largest selection of grains on the planet. And if you order before noon, most orders will ship the same day. Two-thirds of the country gets their orders in two days or less. Rebel Brewer, the Velociraptor of homebrew shops. Why wait? Quick, flexible, speedy, fast, not slow, and fast and speedy. Visit RebelBrewer.com today. I'll rip your face off. Oh, and he'll totally do it, too. Visit today at rebelbrewer.com. It is Dr. Homebrew. I am JP. And uh, with us on Skype, we have uh, Mr. Todd Kelly. Todd, are you with us, buddy? I think that'll be fine. Todd. Hello. Todd. Todd. Hello. Get away. Yeah. Serious. He can't, uh, he can't, uh, well, he can't hear us. Listen, what does it say? <laughs> All right, I'm going to pull Todd down just so we don't embarrass his parenting skills here. Um. Anything? Todd? No. Sweet. Are you on? You there? Todd has us on mute. All right. Yeah, I think he does have us on mute. So uh, let me just kind of work with him. I love technology sometimes. Send him a little message on the Skype. Hey, Todd, did you know you're talking to yourself? On well, national radio? <laughs> international. <laughs> international yeah. radio? Uh, well, I think we can go through his beer, at least while he's not here, and then uh, we'll wait for him to, to kind of come through. and um, Come to. And we'll talk to him later. So let's start with his beer. Uh, right. Why don't we pour some of that? Join I, in when you right. can, Todd. I have yet to have it. Now, this is a Southern English brown. What can we expect out of this beer? Yep. One for you, me, one for what can we expect of this beer? Yeah, it's yeah, a, it's Brian. a malt-oriented brown ale, and it should have some kind of uh, caramely, uh, biscuity. It's not not a highly strongly roasty malt. If you've had uh, a northern English brown, it should be a little sweeter than that, uh, a little richer, but but still not not roasty or or big and over the top. Just um, just a very smooth kind of a almost like a dark mild. Uh, a little stronger version of a dark mild or a lighter version of a uh, sweet stout or something like that. Does that help? Yeah. Todd, we got you now? Why is this? Oh, yeah, he's getting a little delayed. Sounds like he's being eaten by a transformer or something. <laughs> if you can turn off the uh, uh, the feed there, Todd, uh, because we can hear it in the mic. Todd. I hope so. Yeah, he's talking to the he's talking to the delay. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk about the beer, guys. Okay, Brian, when you uh, when you get working on there, well, it does it does have a lightly sweet maltiness in the aroma. Um, had kind of a a light caramel and a biscuity note. It was it was a little cold when it first came out. I'm getting a little more of that now, which is nice. Um, a little kind of uh, an earthy note in there too. That was kind of interesting. Um, it's got some. Um, the fruity esters are really low and, and subdued. You know, pleasant kind of little hints of some darker fruit, but uh, you know, just a very light kind of plum like, but not like intense. Like, hey, here's a plum. Um, the hops are kind of low. <laughs> that would and, be pretty intense. Yeah, <laughs> a plum in a glass. <laughs> low and kind of. Unassuming, you know, a little floral, spicy thing. There weren't, there wasn't any DMS or diacetyl or anything uh, really uh, detracting from this beer. No, uh, no big flaws in the aroma there. It, uh, the color was a, a, it's a, it is a deep copper, uh, kind of a near light brown. Do we have the the beer cam here? Uh, I can put the beer cam on. 
Okay. Look at Brian. Give me so one more thing to the, do. Hang on a the second. The foam cam before, but all right, there you we'll go. do this as the beer cam here. This is a. I don't know what kind of lighting situation we have there, but it's it, perfect. It's a webcam. Okay. It's great. It's perfect. It's um, it's kind of a a deeper copper color. It's, I mean, I, it might be a stretch to say it's light brown. It's not, it's not light brown. It's maybe near light brown, but it's it's deep copper, <laughs> which is a, a bit light for the style. Um, it does have pretty nice clarity and a, a very persistent, dense, uh, light tan head of fine bubbles. It's just Sticking around nicely there. There's the foam cam. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, very fine bubbles. Nice, dense, packed, tightly packed head there. Uh, so, the appearance is pretty good except for the color uh, being a little light. In uh, the flavor, you get a very... Uh, it's a pretty clean presentation. Nicely, cleanly brewed um, ale with light kind of toffee-like and biscuity malt. So obviously, using some... Authentic, uh, you know, English ingredients in this. I think um, from the base malt to the, hopefully the specialty malts they're using. You always want to go to the country you're trying to uh, brew their beer uh, of to do this right. So, um, you know, the ingredients are pretty good. Uh, the bitterness is low, as you would expect for this. Uh, it's definitely malt balanced. Hop flavor is kind of low and and uh, a little earthy, lightly spicy thing. Uh, Finish is kind of medium, medium dry. Um, not very sweet. Um, in the flavor, there's there's only a hint of any kind of chocolatey like elements. I was kind of really searching for them, and I did find a little hint of, you know, not not biting roast intensity, but just a light, smooth, malty, light chocolatiness, like the residuals of a, a chocolate bar you ate an hour ago or something. You know, I was like, oh, I taste a little chocolate still. Um, <laughs> just smooth and malty beer, but not as quite quite as rich. As you'd want for the style, uh, but still cleanly brewed. Uh, kind of medium light body uh, in the mouthfeel. Uh, didn't really have any warmth to speak of. Uh, it shouldn't for this beer anyway, because it's not too strong. Um, you know, the gravity is like 10, 1040, you know, low 1040 is where it tops out. Uh, so it's a pretty light beer. And uh, so, as expected, it's a pretty, pretty light presentation there. Um, carbonation was kind of medium high in this. It was. Uh, sometimes when you're preparing a bottle, you kind of bump up your carbonation a little bit. I don't know if it was bottled from a keg or not. We can we can ask Todd that uh, when we get to it. But um, you know, it was a little high on the carbonation. Very very creamy and smooth, though still nonetheless, and and uh, not astringent to me. But uh, yeah, a little a little carbonic perhaps, but um, it didn't detract to me too much. Um, so really, just I mean, it, it's a good, um, it's a well cleanly brewed beer. Overall impression, I'd say just. You know, add a little more of that the darker caramel malts that you, you would use in, in a recipe for this, and you know maybe some hints of chocolate, but don't overdo it because you don't want to go too far into that. Um, and um, it's, it's a pleasant example of style, just a bit too light, perhaps a little too carbonated. So um, you might also use a, a less attenuative yeast in this. Uh, we can talk about the yeast when we get to that, but um, yeah, it's not quite sweet enough in the finish. I give it a thirty-three. I thought it was a, a very a pleasant beer, good good drinking beer. Just kind of missed the mark on style a little bit. That's a good score. Uh, I think we have Todd on. Todd, are you kidding me? Todd. <clears throat> okay, I'll play the part of Todd. Hi, <laughs> hi, JP. Hey, Todd. It sounds like you're right in the room with us. Well, How you doing? No, there's no delay or anything here. That's pretty good. Um, so, uh, tell me about your beer. <laughs> well, I took some malt and hops and stuff, and mixed them together, oh, and. Um, man. It boiled them for a while. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Todd, I know you're in the chat, but could you do me a favor and just call the, the studio line, 888-401-2337? And we'll just do it the old-fashioned way with a landline. We're trying to be cool and hip and with it, but you can't uh, you can't, you can't beat uh, Ma Bell, I suppose. With all the troubles I have at, with Skype at home sometimes, you just I'm surprised we haven't had as, ma- as many difficulties with it. Is Skype not being one of our sponsors, apparently. Yeah. No, no. I wish they were because oh, we could yeah. do something about it. But, I uh, love Skype. <laughs> it's, it, for what it is, it's, it's good, right? It uh, it's free. It does the and, job. And it, it does the job 70% yeah. of the time. But, um, hey, I used it to call home when I was out of the country. It worked great. Oh, yeah. It's good, it's right? Yeah, maybe they, now they will sponsor us. <laughs> I'm sure they're listening. That's right. Uh, all right, Lee, go ahead and uh, 
Well, and um, uh, shoot over this thing. Shoot over this thing. All right. Um, well, I don't have a whole lot to add to what Brian said. He gave a, a good description. You know, like caramel malts, like the medium caramel malts flavor, kind of a rustic, earthy hop, uh, both the aroma and the nose. Didn't pick up any diacetyl. Um, some sort of red fruit esters, like red apple berry sort of thing. Um, nice balance, just a nice supporting bittering in there. Uh, finishes uh, nicely, nice and clean. A little bit of hop, a little bit of uh, caramel flavor. Um, medium body, uh, nice creaminess. Um, mostly, I thought the the carbonation was a little bit too high. It's kind of gassy, mm-hmm. especially for an English beer. You don't expect that, and it made it come across a little bit tart and acidic in the nose and the aroma I and, get and the that, flavor yeah. as well. You know, it's just which goes away if you swirl it around for a bit. So, I mean, that's. Just a matter of the bottle conditioning um, or the, the the counter pressure fill, whichever you did. It looked, didn't look like a bottle conditioned beer, um, so I think that needs to be ramped back a little bit. <clears throat> Other than that, um, I would echo Brian's statement. That's it seems a little light in color and flavor profile mm-hmm. to be a Southern English brown. Now, granted. It's really hard to find an example of that style. In fact, <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever really had one, even on the two trips I've taken over there. Oh, so this is a good this is a good style. Yeah. So well, I mean, no I'm more a, IPAs. I'm, I, I'm about to nail them on stylistic difficulties, and but I've never actually had one. But from <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, where's that put me? I don't know. But from everything oh. I've read about this, it's right. basically a darker brown ale than the northern ones. Um, okay. It's equated to a dark, uh, dark mild, or even a sweet stout. And honestly, this beer, I mean, it's a very tasty beer. I, I have no problem sitting drinking this all night. But it pretty much tastes like a slightly low-gravity Newcastle. You know, not quite the I same, but that. that's, yeah. the, that's the caramel malt profile that's in here. And it's a light brown color. I mean, it's almost the same color as the brown glass bottle it came in. And this, to me, is really pushing being too light in color and flavor profile to be this style. Almost has more in common with an Irish red ale than with the Southern English brown here. It's, yeah, you could almost hmm. say that. Yeah, I, I'd put it How more with the northern, but which is with a malt profile. I would drink it as an Irish red, and you're looking at it color wise, and it's got a nice little dry finish with a hint of that kind of uh, hint of roast, roastiness yeah. in the, just in the background mm. to give it the color. Which yeah, is you could what put you it want. in that bin too. That that wouldn't be bad. Hmm. But as as what's supposed to be a darker Southern English brown, I don't think it cuts it. Uh, if you'd enter this as a Northern English brown or an Irish red, I'd score this several points higher. As it is, I gave it a 28, which it doesn't deserve, but I think it's just miscategorized. I'd okay. probably pick, put it where Brian did or a point or two of that if it was entered in one of those other categories. It's clean, clean ferment, nicely done. Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, this is the third time going to Todd. If it Are doesn't happen, my head will explode. Really? <laughs> it might, it might, actually. Uh, yeah, you yeah. put a garbage bag over it. Todd, are you there? I am here. Ah, hi, Todd. How you doing, friend? All right. I apologize for my impersonation of you, sir. It was probably pretty bad. Technology prevails. I thought you did fine. All right. Sorry about all that all that nonsense mess. That's all right. So, uh, well, what I go ahead. I caught the uh, tail end, so it needs to be a little darker. And uh, yeah, that was kind of. I guess mostly what I wanted out of the conversation is I have never had one, and I don't know if I will ever have one. So, you know, what is it really supposed to be? Right. Well, let's uh, let's back up a little bit. And uh, how long have you been home brewing? Uh, I think about three years. Okay. My uh, wife and kids bought me the kit, the partial mash kit, for uh, Father's Day one year. Oh wow! Yeah. Just so they they threw you into out. they threw you into partial mash. Huh? They didn't even start you off easy. With a little extract. That's right. They uh, the first one was a Belgian wit partial mash. Wow, came out really nice. Did it? Yeah, it my did first. It. it came out really nice, and I decided, you know, I guess if uh, I can do it once, maybe I can get another good one out of this. So. <laughs> my first going. beer was terrible. I'm always impressed with when people who can uh, turn out a, a, a good drinkable beer their first time. I couldn't do it. It took me like six times was, to actually get something. It was probably luck. <laughs> or you just read a bunch of books and learned what you could about it or something before you started maybe you know, or uh, read the instructions at least like unlike jp i think it was so long ago he just forgot that it was probably really terrible <laughs> he's like maybe. yeah it was it was you know it was pretty good my first beer was pretty good yeah, i bet he just threw it all together and made it come out perfect by force of will alone yeah. that's probably true well professionally i'm a scientist so i guess uh you know maybe i'm so, a little inclined 
the technical yeah, skills. Those, those do help. Yeah, he had a one up on everybody. So uh, I'm checking out your recipe on Brew Toad, um, and I know they're still building our Dr. Homebrew page, but you can search Fire Brew 2013 and uh, check out Todd's recipe as well. But it says that you brewed 130 gallons of this. Is that accurate? It is accurate. What are you we brewing did on? This a, we did this as a club brew, and a few years ago, I guess, uh, several years ago, the, one of the guys at the club had the uh, good fortune to come upon a seven-barrel kettle and a dairy tank that we use for a mash tun. And uh, the legend is, you know, when they first got it, they didn't have anything to fire it up with, so they used a uh, campfire, basically. <laughs> and, of course, all the beers were smoke beers until <laughs> until one of the guys in the club who is a uh, purveyor of propane and propane accessories <laughs> uh, built this giant, scary uh, burner that has, you know, like 40 million gigawatts of uh, propane coming out of it. Wow. <laughs> So that's our yearly event now. That's cool. I like it. And uh, how many people do you split that with? Or do you split it? Maybe you maybe you all brew 130 yeah. gallons of, of beer for yourself. I don't know. It was a 130 gallon split into all five gallon fermenters as far as I know. Wow. So, <laughs> cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Man. Did they all come out different? The whole club was there. <laughs> some people didn't show up. You know, some people got more than one because I, I ended up with 10 gallons. I had one of that I did with the Nottingham and one that I did with uh, uh, Edinburgh yeast. Which one did you guys drink? Ours had an N on the cap. It's the Nottingham, I think. Yeah, we did the Nottingham. So uh, I think we're going to try the the Edinburgh later on tonight, possibly. The Nottingham is way better. (laughs) Oh, is it? It it actually finished a little bit lower, but it tastes a little bit sweeter to me. And Mm. I don't know, it has a little Mm, more, a little maltier, I guess. We'll, uh, we'll definitely check that out. So what was your purpose of, of sending us some beer, man? What did you want to get out of this? Uh, mostly just to find out a little bit more about the style because, you know, like I said, mm-hmm. you know, I'll never, probably never find one. Okay. And uh, I was also thinking of um, which one would be good to maybe throw a little oak on or, you know, just add a little something extra to it. I like it. It's sweet and malty, but it's a little boring to me. Mm. You probably wouldn't want to go crazy with the oak if you did try that. A little bit would go a long way in a, a light, delicate kind of beer like this. Yeah, very light touch on that. A little bit might be nice. Or you could do a dry, nibbed version of it or something, you know, something different. Do a, do a chocolate. Chocolate. Yeah, something like that. Uh, would this beer that we're trying now, it's a little dry, would that be... Um hurt by some more oak i mean if you leave it too long you probably get some tannins going on or um and would that seem to kind of dry it out more should he maybe go with the edinburgh one which is a little it, bit it, it would dry, a little bit it would probably dry it dry it out the palate a little bit uh-huh. yeah mm-hmm. yeah the tannins will usually do that yeah i'd use a real light touch probably not for very long um, okay maybe some you know medium toast chips if yeah. you find them to get a little more towards a sort of cocoa kind of flavor profile rather than just a lighter wood at a guess, cool. you know, is something to blend well with this? I would do Hungarian. I like Hungarian. Hmm. Hungarian oak. It I, uh, has a little. Sweet, I actually sweet. already, I actually already know the legend of uh, JP's love for Hungarian, and already <laughs> got some from uh, Adventures in Home Brewing. Way back in the old west. That's right. <clears throat> well, cool. I know you didn't hear uh, the recap of the uh, of the thing, but uh, you know, check back the show. I hope uh, we answered your questions you wanted to lo- know a little bit more about what you need to do and i guess the consensus was just bring down the carbonation a bit and um okay bring up right? the dark malt bring up the dark malt yeah. there you go awesome so uh well, so your recipe on this was uh, about 67 percent uh maris otter pale 11 percent caramel 120 5 percent special roast 5 percent victory 5 percent caramel 60 and 2% pale chocolate with a pound of Cascade at 60 minutes, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, that was uh, homegrown Michigan Cascade, too. What's that? That was homegrown uh, Michigan Cascade. Oh. Grew it, brought it in, too. So. Hmm, nice. And that's 130 we gallons worth, too, right? <laughs> 130 right. gallons. That's right. Scale down that. I actually brewed it. 
I brewed an IPA the next day that had uh, the same amount of hops in a six-gallon batch. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> the same hop? Or <laughs> different hop. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, Todd, do you have any questions uh, for the guys before I let you go? Uh, I don't think so. I'll uh, be looking forward to listening to it on the podcast, I guess, like I always do. And uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you very much for, for sending us beers and uh, for sticking with the technology burps. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Nice, smooth beer. Yeah, good stuff. Bye. Thanks for coming on. All right, Todd, thanks, man. Thanks Bye. Bye-bye. Finally got, finally got him taken care of. I wonder how everybody else on Skype is going to go tonight. What do you think? You think the, the ghost in the machine is going to act up? or? I don't know. Oh, man. Never well, been so happy to hear Todd's voice, though. <laughs> Todd, mean, you're the best. Thanks, man. All right, so um, after the jump, we're going to have uh, Dan on with his uh, his Flanders Red, which I believe is a first for the show. I'm really excited yeah. about it, personally. It's not an IPA, JP? It's not an IPA. What? That's fine with me. I love it. Anything that's not an IPA, I'm going to love instantly. Too bad I don't give out score sheets. Oh, uh, well, we got a jump. We got a, it's after the, it's, it's this radio term for a break. It's radio. Uh, so we, we going into a wormhole here and coming out in the next episode? We might. Ah! We might after after this break. Uh, it would it would take a, a hack internet radio podcast host to explain it. Okay. So get your carts uh, well, lined up. That's not me. <laughs> that's no. That's me. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, hang on a sec. It's Doctor Homebrew. Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, right-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling with without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water-resistant, and ice chest approved. Grog tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Ugh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some grog tags, dude. Grog tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months at the the next meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. The examination. All right, we're back here, Doctor Homebrew, and uh, on Skype should be Dan Edelman, brewer of this fabulous Flanders Red. We're about to try. Dan, do we got you? Dan, I hear you. Do you hear me? I feel like I'm a psychic right now. It's like I'm trying to communicate with Dan. Dan, are you there? <laughs> JP, the brain mechanic. Here we go. God damn. Yeah, that's how I feel too, buddy. Um, yeah, we'll try it again. Hang on a sec, Dan. In the meantime, we have his nice Flanders red here. Yeah. Hey, I have an idea. Why don't we pour that? Why don't we pour that and start talking about? Sounds it? good to me. We'll we'll give JP a beer while he's trying to get Dan's hook up here done right does jp like sour beers jp loves sour beers but actually jp's not a flanders red fan like like the um rodenbach Mm. terrible (laughs) 
I bet the brewers at Rodenbach would be inclined to disagree with you. They will not be our sponsor. And a lot of other... No, but that's judges. never... That was I know, never really I almost had them... I almost had him nailed down. I've been talking to them weekly, and then now you just ruined it. Um, Yeah, I just, I don't, oh, let's go to the beer cam. Hang on a second. All right. The cheers cam. Right. (laughs) Mmm. That's delicious. That is delicious. Lee, why don't you crank this one out here, buddy? Um, well, you said it pretty much. Really nice beer. It's a Flanders Red. We got, so. we got Dan on the line. Oh, you got him? Yeah. Oh, well, let's give him his intro then. Dan. Dan. Yeah. All How right. are you guys? Good, man. Now that we're talking to you. I'm the old fashioned. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm a little, uh, technically di- difficult. <laughs> I call it technically declined. It's, uh, <laughs> I really don't think it's you. I think we're having some funky internet issues going on, thanks to Comcast, everybody. Um, yeah, so sorry about that, but we got you on the phone, and I think that's just how we're going to have to have to run this. So, uh, Flanders Red, huh? How long have you been homebrewing to to make one of these? I've been brewing for about four years. Um, basically, my brother-in-law got me into it. Um, he basically goes around just walking around fermenting anything he could possibly get to get his hands on to. Um, and he got me into it. I started out doing uh, partial mash, um, and then he also got me into doing all grain. Um, hmm. I've actually never entered any competitions or anything, and I just kind of wanted to see how it would stack up. And right on. All right. Well, Lee, how does it stack up, man? Stacks up pretty well. It's a pretty nice beer. It's got some good acidity, fairly tart, not over the top, but um, no, not hard to find either. It's got some a lot of esters, mostly bright red fruit, apples and berries. You get some more of the plummy and cherry vanilla kind of flavors when it warms up a bit. Um, pretty clean on the diacetyl DMS front, maybe just a whisper of diacetyl in the flavor, but really didn't get much. A really appetizing nose, a little bit of toasty malt, um, a bit hazy. Which is probably a little out of style, but that's that's a minor thing, more or less. Has has pretty much a nice light red brown color, a little bit of foam, light tan foam, which fades pretty fast. Um, medium strong acidity in the flavor. It wasn't over the top. It was nicely balanced, balanced versus a sort of sweeter malt profile. A little bit of a, what seemed like a wood flavor, although it could have been some other tannins in there. Uh, nice medium fruity esters, you know, the sort of pear and apple with a little bit of plum and cherries as it warmed up a bit. Finish was tart, a uh, little bit of tannins in there. Um, I don't know if you ever you had any wood in this or not, or if you uh, were playing tricks with the spars, but it definitely has a little bit of a tannic character to it. And a little bit of sticky malt in the finish. Bottoms, me- The body is medium, a little bit sticky uh, with the, uh, the mouthfeel the fi- after it's gone, you know, sort of lingers on the palate. Some medium creaminess, uh, a little bit of that astringency again in the mouthfeel. Um, it's not hot. It's a really very nice beer. has good acidity, good fruit, good malt. It's all there pretty much. I got a little bit of maybe some bread or phenolic character. sort of faded in and out. wasn't real strong, but got a little bit of something like that. Seems to come out a little bit more in the finish sometimes. Um, it's a pretty good balance. I like it. Um, there's not a whole lot wrong with it. The only things I really thought maybe could be improved, it was a little bit undercarbonated, which given, oh. I think, what's, at least it was to me, maybe Brian doesn't agree, um, which if you leave in the bottle for any time, that, you know, if it's got some bugs in it, that'll probably be fixed. And um, the tannic character, you know, they're, they're, these beers are supposed to have a little bit of a, of a tannic character to them, pretty light. I thought maybe this is a little a little on the high end of that, but it's probably not. A problematic part, but uh-huh. for me, I would have liked maybe a little bit less. Um, but I might just be in picky there. I, I scored this beer at a 39 points, so I thought it was pretty good. Wow. Cool. Brian? Brian? Yeah, I thought uh, I thought it was pretty... Of course, it's always, you know, when, you, when you're judging the first sour beer in a flight or something, or, or drinking the first one of the night, it comes across as a little, maybe a little more acidic than it is. Now that I'm drinking it again, it's a little less so, but that f- the first taste I picked up is, is pretty intensely acidic. Uh, um, not just acetic or lactic or any specific um, acid, but you know, kind of a blend of lactic and acetic. Um, acetic being the vinegary-like kind of 
and lactic being like the kind of biting uh, intense sourness. Um, it did have a few barnyardy notes in the um, in the aroma, kind of a Brett Brett like character, which is it, to to you who don't drink sour beers is can be a good thing. A hint of that gives it some complexity, and um, you know the malt's low and kind of compliment complimentary. Um, but yeah, it was, there was there was there was enough malt in there to say, hey, this is a beer, you know. <laughs> Um, kind of cherry-like and orange zest, currants, you know, some nice fruitiness in there, uh, in the aroma that I really liked. Um, there, there was a touch of some spicy phenolics in there, balancing the other elements, and uh, yeah, no diacetyl or other overt problems. Um, yeah, the color is kind of a reddish amber and uh, uh, fairly hazy, but it, it it had a pretty good. Uh, the first sample I had had a pretty persistent. Uh, cream-colored head with very fine bubbles and um so you know it looked pretty good uh other than it should be a little clearer but we'll forgive that um <laughs> in the flavor you know it, i the first sip reminded me of these old candies they used to eat in the um in the 80s when i was growing up that are like spree you know those like there's like sour lemon and they lime like and it's, they come in a roll and they're like hard candies that that are like in a roll and there, there's like sour cherry, sour, you know, just all these different sour fruit flavors, but kind of bright and zesty and, and biting acidity uh, in those candies. So with less of the uh, deep fruit character that, that uh, you get in certain Flanders reds that are a little more whiny. But um, I did find like Lee that it had some, some tannins in there to balance it. Uh, you know, pretty nice Brett character, just a light horse blanket, nothing offensive or gnarly. Uh, just added enough in there to add some complexity, uh, but yeah, really just a, a big kind of fruit punch presentation. It's, it's a um, it wasn't very very sweet. It dries out pretty <laughs> pretty well. Um, so it's you know I don't know how long this has been aged, but I would guess quite a while. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. I have his recipe here. Don't tell me this was brewed two <laughs> months ago. Twelve thirty one two thousand and eleven is okay. when it was brewed. Right, yeah. Dan. No, actually, uh, that was the first batch. This is batch two uh. um, that I brewed two months ago. <laughs> Did you really? Or are you screwing with him? I literally brewed it. Nice. Actually, I'm sorry. I brewed it in. I, I brewed it in May. I bottled it a month after brewing in June. Wow, <laughs> you got some happy bugs over there. Nice work. Oh yeah, yeah no kidding. That's sour that fast. Oh man. Um, yeah, East Coast yeast. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I, yeah, okay, cool. So yeah, in the mouthfeel, <laughs> I found it was kind of, um, it did kind of have a little bit of a bite, and I, I think too that some of these things that I'm finding a little intense could smooth out with a little more aging. Now I can use that to my advantage, even though I just <laughs> shot myself in the foot. Well, I, um, I have about three more cases. So. Say, yeah, save them. This is this is wonderful stuff. Um, so I thought the carbonation was medium. I didn't have a problem with the carbonation. The second sample we're tasting, the bottle's been open for a while and it's a little less carbonated. But um, at first, it, it seemed fine to me. Not not astringent. No, um, uh, only maybe only a hint of alcohol warmth. Not not really anything big there. Uh, kind of medium bodied. But yeah, it's it's an intensely sour beer. Intensely sour uh, interpretation of the style. And um, the only thing I would like to add is just a little a little more. Uh, depth to the fruity presentation to, to be a little more wine-like would be cool for me to have a little more of the deeper fruit character, some some plum-like, some some wininess, some grape, and you know uh, a little more richness in there, which which again may come with age. But um, and I don't know if you know how far you let it ferment down before you added all the bugs, or if you just went crazy with the bugs. If you you know if you turn them loose right away and don't don't use a uh, a primary yeast to, to get it down where you want to be sometimes it can ferment down too far and just chew everything away and and leave only sourness <laughs> but um you know you can ferment down with the primary yeast and let it go and then add the stuff uh after you know a few weeks of, of fermentation with a belgian strain or whatever you want to use um but yeah tasty and and very sour beer i really i really liked it um and i gave it a 36 which Hey, oh, I'd like yeah. to brew a Flanders Red that yeah. scored a 36 or 39. Yeah, especially in two months or four months. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. Uh, it, actually, 
I'm, I'm coming up with a, another idea here, given that this is so young. I'm thinking about sort of that tannic flavor. There's a kind of a yeasty component to it to me, too. Hmm. I'm wondering if it's just some yeast in suspension here. I mean, this is not, hmm. as far as I could tell, bottle condition, but uh, what do you think? Is, might there still be some yeast in suspension here from what you've seen? And um, give us a few, go, give us a bit of information how you fermented this. I'd be very curious to yeah. hear, actually, yeah. if you're willing to share. Yeah, of course. So I did a 10-gallon batch, two, two glass carboys, um, fermented at a little high temperature. I just put a brewer, brewer's belt on uh, each carboy. So it was basically at about 78 degrees. Um, I also, I basically just used the East Coast yeast uh, Flemish Ale um, okay. yeast. So that has all the bugs already in it. Um, and then had a good night about a week later with some friends that came over and we just started drinking a bunch of other Flanders Reds and just started dumping the dregs right into the carboys. Uh, that's fun. That's fun. <laughs> uh, including a Canteon Classic Goose nice. um, to increase some of the uh, the spontaneous, well, not here, but in Belgium, the spontaneous uh, <laughs> fermented yeast. Imported spontaneity. Um, that's the best yeah. kind of spontaneity. Yes, yes. <laughs> the old world variety. And the tannic flavors that you're probably getting are the, uh, I added French oak cubes. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I didn't even soak them. I was listening to Bruce Strong one day, and they just said, just dump them in. You don't need to soak them. <laughs> Obviously, in a Brett beer, I'm not too concerned about contamination. Just look at them funny first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. scare the bugs away. Hey. You know, I've I've never so. done that with any of my oak, and actually, um, I will say that I got burnt on that. Uh, uh, not soaking the cubes or doing anything to kind of treat them. Um, I had a contamination from from oak chips, so be careful. It bit me once in about fifteen times. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> But this is a Flanders. But this is a Flanders, right. so it doesn't really matter. It's going to be uh, sour yeah. enough. It'll kill all that other stuff. Right, right. All that, yeah. That That's, uh, right. Sorry. Go yeah, ahead. That's kind of what I figured. So, and with the less carbonation, again, I mean, it, it's still a new bottle. For the most part, I do bottle condition. Um, so, I usually do, for something like this, I'll do about three ounces of priming sugar per five-gallon batch. Um, just because I have had some way over-carbonated sour beers um, around, so. Yeah, well, given, what's the terminal gravity on this? It doesn't seem, it seems like there's definitely some residual sugar in here. Uh, the final gravity actually ended out at uh, 10.06. Okay, that's pretty low. It's interesting because it leaves yeah. it sticky behind. That might not be too bad. So I was going to say, bottling something with some brett and some priming sugar, and if it's still got some terminal gravity from the beer in it, can be a little dangerous. You might make hand grenades. Um, but you're down right. fairly low. If, if you starts getting the carbonation starts getting really high, you might just want to safety store these in the fridge somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And just drink Right. Them. Or, it, yeah, blend right. it with something else you're making, or who knows. <laughs> yeah, you don't want too much actually, pressure building up. One thing I did with this one that's a little different, um, because I did 10 gallons, so I did, I basically brewed the beer, um, and then it was, it was almost a Blondale to begin with, so I did five gallons with a dark candy sugar, and five gallons with a, basically a clear candy sugar, and the other five gallons basically is a blonde, and this is a red, so... So just from that uh, the candy sugar, that's just where all the colors come from. Huh? Wow. wow, interesting. Cool. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a nice color from just sugar. Uh, I Even do. I look at I look at the uh, you know the the malt bill and I see a lot of darker malts in there, but it just really did not come out uh, dark at all. Yeah, I mean you have um, you know some aromatic malt and carapils. Carapil's um, yep. dark. Yeah. But that's about it, right? And then the am- the can- amber candy sugar. Uh, by the way, you can find all this at um, Brewtoad. The website is uh, brewtoad.com slash recipes slash slash duchess hyphen Elizabeth. Or search for Dan Edelman, and, uh, and he'll be up there. I do have a question about your aged 
your age lambic hops. Did you do that yourself, or did you uh, did you buy those from someone, or how, how did you how did you come across? No, that? I, I've actually wanted to, and I believe I forget what website that I used, but um, Hop Union or something. They have aged lambic hops. Oh wow! So yeah, very cool. How did those smell when you got those things? Oh, very cheesy. I still have about... <laughs> I bought two pounds, and right now I have a couple rye whiskey barrels aging with uh, some Lambic in them. You said rye whiskey barrels? Yeah. Uh, well, it sounds like Dan's going to be another guest on Dr. Homebrew, because that sounds wonderful. Yeah. Well, you do have the... I sent you a bottle, the my Heart of Darkness, the uh, rye whiskey barrel aged porter. Oh. Uh-huh. You should have received that one also. I did get that. Yeah, thanks, man. We'll, uh, you we'll didn't tell us about that one. go downstairs and check. Yeah. Dan, you weren't supposed to say that out loud. Whisper it. Sorry. I won't hear you. Um, well, well you, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no problem. But the secret, I think, was also the uh, <laughs> the yeast that I used, of course, on something on a style like this. And all those dregs that you poured in there, too, I think, uh, I think really helped to, to give a nice round flavor. Yeah, they'll definitely help more over time since you add them a bit later. What's in that yeah. particular yeast? Does it say? Uh, the East Coast yeast was uh, basically it's a blend of Britannomyces, uh, Lactobacillus, Pediococcus. Um, actually, you know what? I'm sorry. There might not be any Britannomyces in this strain. Um, I, of course, added them in. Yeah. Right. But I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, They're in there. Yeah, and there's only one homebrew shop that gets this East Coast yeast stuff, too, so. Yeah, and now, um, so just one more comment. I think now looking at your recipe, too, and and, and knowing that it, you know, has a little bit of, um, or most of the color is all coming from the candy sugar in there, you could uh, complement the dark fruitiness with some, some additional dark malts in there, some, you know, um, some dark Munich or something interesting in there, or some special B or something. Yeah, well, just a little bit to, to round out the, the bottom end of that fruit. Yeah, I, I would a, really like that a little bit a more. A big load of Vienna malt will be a pretty classic but thing the, to put in there, yeah. Yeah, the intensity of the sourness is, is nice. When I keep talking about how intense it is, you know, I'm, <laughs> I've had too many Flanders Reds that are not sour at all, hardly. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, crap, they didn't really get it to sour. You did in two months, so kudos to that. <laughs> I've had a lot of them that, that just are straight nail polish remover oh yeah <laughs> it's just like oh man i can't do it anymore but this is very very pleasant i really appreciate that thank you nicely done yeah 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 good job all right dan thanks man we're gonna let you go and take a break um yeah th- thanks for sending all the beers too dan did kind of hook us up with a lot of beer so uh we'll crack some some nice cold ones here dan thank you very much all right buddy take care thanks a lot all right have a great night all right you too. have a good one bye Good beer, huh? Yeah, very nice. Tasty. All right, we're going to take a break, and then uh, when we come back, we're going to kind of recap what we've done and uh, and move on. All right, into the wormhole. <laughs> it's Dr. Homer, everybody. Hang on. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! 
What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. All right, everybody. Well, the good news is uh, I got some good news and bad news. The bad news is we're ending the show. The good news uh-huh. is we have nobody left on Skype to talk to, <laughs> which is pretty nice. Yay, Skype. I got to say. I could get my mom to call in. Would you? Can we talk to your mom one day? Scratch that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can get her name wrong, too. It'd be great. <clears throat> cool. Man, I got this thing in my throat. Sorry. <clears> throat> yeah. Well, nice to meet you, Mrs. Majors. <laughs> it's like, what's going on? People are weird. Uh, all right, so uh, this time in the show, after the third break, we usually go through the beers that we've tried and uh, give a little recap. So we had Todd's uh, Southern English Brown. Irish Red. Irish, or Irish Red, yeah. And, and that's what you guys were saying was, uh, as a Southern English Brown, it, 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 it's it's a little off, but as a an Irish Red, it was... Almost an Irish right red on, or right? Northern England, it'd be pretty much dead on, yeah. yeah. And uh, so to to get that to where he wanted it to be, to to be a, a Southern English brown, uh, you were saying it, it's a little too light, a little overcarbonated, and a little too dry. Yeah, too light in the sense of color and malt flavors, not not gravity or anything like that. Yeah, it's a darker yeah. malt in it. Okay. In, interesting earthy note in there too, which might have been from that Nottingham yeast. Not, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was. It was it wasn't offensive. It was just kind of this earthy note that could come either from hops or from the from the yeast. But I, I would suspect the yeast. Um, but not unpleasant. Just you know, really tasty beer. I'm kind of excited to try his uh, his batch with the Edinburgh yeast. Yeah, kind of curious to see how that. Came let's out. let's crack it out. Let's keep the show going for another 25 minutes. Come oh, that back. would be great. My voice would would appreciate that. Uh, and then we just spoke with Dan, who had that wonderful Flanders Red. Uh, and, and everything was pretty right on with that. You guys were saying um, the two things that you that you would suggest is let it age a lot more. He said he has like three billion cases left or whatever. Um, so keep them. Don't just pound them all right now. Let it age. But then also add darker malts. Uh, what were you What were you trying to accomplish with that? What would What would adding a, another charge of darker malts do for him? Yeah, a little a little something uh, Munichy rich in there. Uh, raisiny malt, like a really a darker, well, maybe not a dark crystal, but like a special bee, um, to give it some kind of uh, fruity raisiny notes in there, and um, kind of plum like. And with the sour beer, they're going to come across as like not really intensely malty notes. If you add a little bit of this and that, it's going to come across as those dark fruits in a way, because uh, you know the the special bee has a raisiny character too, but also has a malt component. But when it when you drop, you know pull everything out of it and let the bugs get happy and and dry it all out and just get that that sourness up there it uh yeah it helps to enhance the richness of the the fruit character all right well is he full of shit or no 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 no. come on brian's not full of shit (laughs) well Um, half half no he's not halfway full of shit either um one third one third we'll we'll let you determine the level of your own shit how's how's that there There you go there you go that's but that's not what you're doing. Anyways, um, I got I to gotta say, using the candy sugar in place of the darker malts you'd usually put in here was actually a pretty good trick. It worked well. Um, in fact, I would say pretty much we didn't notice the substitution, although some of the, we did pick up that some of the darker fruit flavors, you know, the plums and the dark cherry sort of thing, was, was a little low in this compared to some of the brighter fruits. Um, I think the classic addition is probably a, lot of, a big chunk of Vienna malt or even like 50 to 80%. 
Vienna malt, maybe 80 is too high, but a lot of it. And the other thing that is said to quote out of the guidelines for the style guidelines for this style, the reddish color is a product of the malt, although an extended, less than rolling portion of the boil may help add an attractive burgundy hue. Aging will also darken the beer. So that um, some more time and a long, slow simmer to, in the kettle might actually help darken it and get the right color, too. Um, not that it's that far off with that nice candy sugar trick. Um, but yeah, a l- little bit of dark malt would, I think, help add the right flavors here, those, those kinds of malts. I also like what he did with uh, uh, adding the dregs of their bottles and having a little sour party. That was just, a nice little thing, you know, right? Yeah, that's, that's kind of a cool trick you can use to get some character of some of the beers that you like out there. You can taste a bottle, and if it's good dump the dregs in you know i mean not all of the bugs are going to survive everything that is that beer's been through but um you'll get some of them and they're definitely still in there so yeah now it's a good beer perfect all right well uh what do you say we get out of here then all right let's get okay. out of here see you <laughs> just let's leave there we go. Okay. I thought we were having more technical difficulties. My heart stopped for a second. Uh, I want to thank our sponsor, Five Star. You can get absolutely everything you need to clean and sanitize uh, your homebrew equipment and much more at fivestarchemicals.com. Ask for them by name at your local homebrew store. I'd also like to thank Brewtoad for hosting all of these recipes that you've heard tonight. Go to brewtoad.com and uh, you can either search the names that we gave you in- during the show. You can search Dr. Homebrew. Find our page there. Get all of our show information, all of our downloads, all that kind of stuff. Even the BGCP score sheets. Don't look for one for me, though, because all I did was draw stick figures and wieners all over them. Um, so we that's it. in pen, too, by the way. These are all <laughs> in pen, which you're, as a judge you would usually use pencil. So now now that I know you're going to put them up on the air, I'm a little embarrassed because uh, where's my mechanical pencil? You know, I, I, I don't know. I'm always breaking leads. I'm like, well, here I can just write in pen because it's hey, just going Brian, to the entrance. We're, Brian, we're not hiding behind erasers in this show. <laughs> no, no, we're not. Damn no, it. we're not. Claim your writing. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks a lot for tuning in to Dr. Homebrew, and uh, we will catch you on the rebound. Later.